verses um, in Proverbs chapter 8, 34 and 35, it says this, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Blessed is the man or woman that listens to me. You know, one of God's uh, words over us all the time through the scripture is he wants us to tune into his voice. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listen to him in reading the word. Notice what he says, watching daily at the gates, being observant about what's going on. Also, waiting at the posts of my doors. And I wanted to read that because January of 2017, uh, one of the verses that we had for the year, we were talking about open doors of ministry, that God would open doors. In fact, we had several things even happening here, but I also, even coming back, sat and thought, God, you opened up this door of opportunity, and I didn't feel like I just went on my own in, the, in Sri Lanka, in a church in India, and with pastors. I greeted them on behalf of the Hills Church and wanted to let the, these guys, they couldn't pronounce Arcadia, but, um, but we still, I greeted them on behalf uh, of the Hills Church in you, and this was an opportunity, an open door uh, for ministry that had not been there a year and a half, two years ago, but God set it up. In fact, I like when I read Ecclesiastes 3.1, it says, to everything there is a season. To everything there is a season. You know, if, if you know some of our church history, which some of you may and some of you, you don't, uh, Lloyd and Gladys Johnson, who pastored here at the church 21 years, retired in 1988, had on their heart uh, Sri Lanka and India and had both went to both of those nations. In fact, I brought um, even some of the pictures that they had that they had given me. And so their daughter, Tammy, would tell me their hearts were for Sri Lanka and India, but nothing really in the future developed. Well, then when we came and pastored and had Pastor Leslie Kegel, who is the president of Foursquare of Sri Lanka, come and pray over our church as we walked out into the parking lot, he then remembered the Johnsons and remembered as a younger man that this couple came and ministered to a group of men uh, and began to teach them and left some, in, uh, left some articles about Foursquare and that they were probably part of a seed for opening the Foursquare church into Sri Lanka and then their ministry time at India. So interesting that this happens prior to us even knowing and that um, we would meet Dr. Leslie Kegel in 1996 when I'm youth pastoring in Artesia and then in 2009 we would meet Conrad and Cheryl Francis, the pastors in Bellflower, and how God uses these different relationships at different times to open up ministry doors because, you know, Sri Lanka and India weren't on my missions trip locations. But God always does those things to you to show you how he'll move amongst other people. So to everything there is a season. So let me say that over your life. To everything there is a season. And that's where we trust him, we have patience, we're led with peace. You know, on this trip, on our first night, we landed in Dubai and had a seven-hour layover. And Conrad's sister and brother-in-law live in Dubai. 
So we went to Old Town Dubai, walking around. Everything is in Arabic, and everybody was looking at me. I told my son, you know, they probably think I'm special forces. <laughs> and he did what you did. He laughed. <laughs> yeah, he laughed at me. Everybody was watching me. And we're walking through. I didn't feel afraid. I didn't feel like some van was going to roll up, you know, and, and put me in anything. We went in and we ate at this Pakistani restaurant. Now, they were, they were all looking at me. Uh, as we, now, remember, a lot of them eat with their hands. And I was always taught, right, you don't do anything with your hands. Do you? So I ordered a fork and a spoon because I didn't want to make a fool out of myself eating with my hands. And they're so gifted with their hands and how they do it. And even the kids know how to do it. And they would look at me with a fork and a spoon and probably would tell their parents, what's wrong with him? Where, where's he from? So, but never on these and all of the little streets and cities and riding in rickshaws and little tiny taxis did I ever feel afraid. To everything there's a season. And I like what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 8 and 9, where he begins to talk about open doors of ministry, and he says, But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. In the New Living says, In the meantime, I will be staying here at Ephesus until the festival of Pentecost. There is a wide open door for a great work here, though many oppose me. So I want to just mention, in fact, if I had a short title before I go in, it's, it's just the word open doors. That God would, even in your life, do those open doors of ministry, opportunities that you would take advantage of, connections that you would have. As the Apostle Paul said, there's wide open doors. There's people that we've all been praying for that we've all wanted God to begin to move on their heart, and, uh, and I wanted us to be reminded today that he would open doors. Acts, uh, many of the stories, in fact, illustrations would be used, and there's one in Acts 14, verse 27. At the end, there was an open door to minister to the Gentiles. God is the one that opens it up. We don't need to kick doors open. to go. He's the one that opens them up in, in, in his time. And yet, in the scriptures, we read that when the gospel is preached, that it opened doors for ministry. Opening doors in the lives of unbelievers so that a powerful work of the gospel can continue and will move. You know, I didn't share this before I left. Um, I bet it was three weeks before on, on my trip. Um, I, in fact, I probably was feeling something that I never felt before. I don't know if it was a weight of responsibility. I don't know if it was a weight of, I've never been gone that long, halfway around the world. Uh, but what I think I was feeling was a, spir the, a spiritual weight because of where I was going. Sri Lanka is 99% religious. Uh, most of them Buddhists. Uh, some Hindu, Muslim, and then a small amount Christian. Uh, India is Hindu, Muslim, and then very small percent Christ, uh, Christian. So about three weeks before the trip, at 2.02 in the morning, my son, and I got permission to tell the story, started yelling in his room that there was a monkey in his closet. So I thought, good Lord, he woke up from some dream, and there's a monkey. So, you know, he's yelling, Dad! 
dad's right. Well, his room is just right across from ours. Dad, there's a monkey in my car. It's got a tail. And so the dog's barking. It's 2.02. Lights are on. And he had been awake. I don't know what he was doing. He had been awake. He, and he usually says, I swear. And we don't swear, right? Dad, it's in, it's in my closet. So he comes running out of his room. So I go in his room and I shut the door. Now I'm thinking um, maybe a squirrel got in or a possum or uh, something. Maybe his little hamster got out and that's what he's thinking. So I shut the door and I go through his entire closet. And there's nothing in his closet. I look under his bed. There's nothing in the bed. Well, by then he's in my bed. And he said, Dad, I saw its tail and it was in my it was in my closet. I am not making it up. The next morning when he wakes up, I said, Mike, are you sure you saw a monkey? I'm telling you, Dad, it was in there. So it took him a night until he'd sleep back in his room. So I preface that um, because later I thought, this is a spiritual thing. And it's different when it would affect me, but when I know that it's happening to one of my kids, then it's something that, that you think about. Um, on, and I'll, I'll show a picture here coming up, on uh, Sunday, last Sunday when I was teaching at a church in India, and a lady gives a testimony at the end, she started with, she had a gorilla in her room. And the minute she said that, and she talked about this like demonic thing in her room, uh, I remember after texting or something with Mav just to let him know, hey, this was something spiritual, right? Don't be afraid, but let me tell you, I'm in a country, this stuff's real. Like, this stuff, this stuff is real. So, but here's what I know. Throughout this entire trip, the Lord protected us, watched out after us. I ate the spiciest food that I've ever eaten in my entire life in Sri Lanka. Any of you have had Hatch chilies? All right, just times it by 10 for breakfast. I mean, it was, uh, and they eat it like it's nothing. I mean, hot, hot, hot. I knew this. I didn't prepare enough on the food. Why? Now, I didn't turn anything down except the sardines for breakfast one morning. I just couldn't, that goopy-looking soup, I just couldn't do knowing I was going to speak. But I wanted to go through some pictures, um, and we'll put them up here on the screen. Uh, this first one was one my son texted me. I'm at the airport getting ready to leave, and he's at Panda and he sends me his fortune cookie. And it says, you will travel far and wide and touch many lives along the way. Wow, I thought that was a great, you know. Uh, the next picture is uh, Conrad and I getting ready to take off on a 16-hour flight, which I was a little nervous on how uh, I would do on the plane. And uh, he had the strategy of he shows up dressed and then we change. So we changed and I made sure that I represent had my hill shirt on and most of our plane most of the flight uh, was people from Arabic countries even my son when he looked at the flight route he says dad you know you go over Iran oh okay you go over Iran yeah we go over Russia you go over Russia you know it was just because we have a different perception of, of those type of things um, the next picture is when we landed in Colombo uh, so first leg was 16 hours, then we had a seven-hour layover in Dubai, and then we had another five-hour flight to Colombo, and that was Pastor Leslie picking us up, and from there we had about a three-hour drive uh, to go to the convention, so needless to say, we were wanting to get up and going. The next picture is, and I did on my phone, 
when I finally got there and I, I clicked on find my phone and it, it would show exactly where I was and that's the, the nation of Sri Lanka which um, you know just learning about it had spent almost 30 years in civil war and even in Colombo itself Colombo had many suicide bombers and bus bombers and all of that uh, ended and there was much persecution uh, of Christians and so just before we ended up having to leave, I did get my feet in the Indian Ocean, uh, which was amazing too. So this next picture, when we arrived at camp, they have this, I thought it was a bird at first lit up. Well, the theme was uh, Holy Spirit empowered. And one of the churches made this, and that's how uh, we would enter and go in. And we entered much, it reminded me maybe a little bit of what uh, I see churches do in Hawaii. They put flowers around our necks and they went in they introduced all of us. And under this tent, this old assembly of God tent that looked like they hadn't cleaned it in a while, sat 2,300 adults. And they all sat in plastic chairs under the tent. And the first night in the tent, uh, in fact, I'll go to the next picture, each of the different languages came to do a dance. This dance was a Singalese group, these girls danced. And then they not only introduced us, but they introduced all of the 27 different districts that had come of the people there. The people that traveled the furthest were coming 11 and 12 hours by bus. And the bus stayed at the site, the bus driver stayed, but many of these 2,300 camped. And this was the night, if any of you saw on my Facebook, the, we got a section of monsoon rain. And so when we were in this tent, and this tent, you know, here, when we, we do tents, you have to get permits. There, they just stake them in the ground. And I'm watching this tent go up and moving around and going up. And I'm looking for, like, the nearest exit so I can get out. And then I'm seeing a bubble of the rain, and then it would come over like a waterfall. But they kept worshiping and dancing and singing. And this next picture is part of their worship when you turn and look around. Everybody was jammed. Like, when you turn around, they were jammed together. But they were so excited just to worship and to be there and squeeze in uh, in the rain. Um, this next picture is uh, from the side as uh, they were having us. You can see all of the people and all of the lights. Uh, I believe that tent was 60 by 40 and they were all packed in. Um, the next side shows that was, the, oh, that's me. That was that very next morning. And so I had a Singalese translator and a Tamil translator. And I wanted to meet them before we went just to kind of say, hey, what do you want me to do when I'm reading scripture? I didn't get a chance to meet them. These guys were so good. Like the moment I just tried to keep six, seven, eight words, and then they were right in two languages. So a 20-minute or 25-minute message lasted about an hour. But what is really funny is when you say, well, raise your hand. You know, if I made a comment, you know, nobody raises their hand because they don't understand what you're saying. And then half of the group raises their hand because of the Singalese. And then the other half raises the hand because of the demo. So you kind of shake your head, uh, wondering where to go. And then you're trying to learn, too. I'm trying to, you know, I say my part, and I just look at people. And then they all look at the one guy translating, the other guy translating. And so it's kind of easy to go through your notes because you've got a few minutes to kind of look around and edit and, you know, do whatever you want to do. But the people in the morning would bring their chairs and come to the side. The shot I didn't get is there's some outlying buildings that they'd be in. And so these days were probably 88 degrees 
um, we'd get spotty rain, and they would sit there from 8 in the morning till 1. And they'd have lunch, and then we'd do afternoon sessions, and then they'd take a tea break. They'd do tea breaks. Uh, tea break, and then we'd do evening session, and then have dinner. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner was served at this, this site that was there, cooked on these big pots. Um, the other picture that I wasn't able to, oh, this is, okay, so where we're eating lunch every day, I went and did that. It's jungle, like monkey jungle. Like, I'm back there, and I asked them, do you guys have monkeys? Oh, yeah, we got cobras out here, too. Oh, okay. And, por and porcupines. And they were, you know, naming all of the, um, but you can see out there, and it's, and I, in fact, I, I said, now those are not pump, no, coconut trees. They have coconut, they had coconut everything. I saw coconut lotion when I got home, and it gave me a little bit of a shiver, <laughs> because they used coconut oil to cook. Every dish had coconut in it. Their oil that we prayed for people had coconut, had coconut, coconut everything. I drank a coconut juice, in fact, I drank a whole king You've never seen a king coconut? That's the one you drink, and I drank it. The guy said, yeah, you shouldn't have drank all that because it'll clean you out. I'm thinking, great. I'm going to be up on this stage for an hour, right? <laughs> but I was fine. <laughs> so I take these pills because if you do have to go really bad, you're supposed to take this one. Um, but... No, no, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to take this one pill, and it's supposed to do with, um, like, hepatitis A, but then it tells you you're going to go to the bathroom a lot. Uh, and then if you take the other one that stops you from going to the bathroom a lot, it tells you you'll be nervous and dizzy. So I thought, <laughs> I'm not taking a chance <laughs> on any of that. They waited for me to finish an afternoon uh, doing a pastor's one so that I could watch 88 people get baptized. And they baptized them in, as you can see, a very crude uh, place. They filled it up with water, and they began to baptize uh, men to men, women to women, 88 people uh, that were baptized. So we stayed out and watched each of them go. The next picture, and I actually put this in for Beverly, wherever Bev is today. Hey, let me mention, too, so we were going to go on the Friday to deliver all these clothes to an orphanage, but all these kids came. There was about 600 kids, and that would be children and youth. And so we, we gave them the clothes, so one of the night, one of the kids that came up for prayer had Maverick's old football shirt on. <laughs> and I saw this other kid running around with an Oregon Duck shirt, and I was trying to, get a, I was trying to be sensitive and not you know, take pictures of, of everything. But I did do, take a picture of this one, because if you remember a few weeks ago, uh, Beverly brought Avengers underwear for us to take and placed them at the cross on the communion table. And so around the baptism time, I looked down at the coconut tree and there's a pair of the Avenger underwear. And I was a little concerned because it was off. And I thought, I wonder if there's some kid in the, in the baptismal that's not wearing anything uh, on in there. Um, when I would walk around, the most humbling thing, when I would walk around, people wanted me to pray for them. And you'd stop and pray for somebody, and you close your eyes, you open, there's 15 people in line. And then they'd go get somebody. The kids would come up, and they, and they would say, just bless me. And so every time I prayed, then they'd say, can I take a selfie with you? <laughs> so 
So I love the little kids. They came up and they just look at me, these little ones. And they'd, they'd look at me and they'd kind of look at their parents and they'd look back and they'd reach their hand out and I'd put my hand out and they'd touch my skin. I think they wanted to know if it was painted on. <laughs> they would just touch, touch my skin and then they'd come up and they'd want me to pray for them. Uh, I had a lady that came up, wanted prayer for her leg and she unbandaged her leg and stuck my hand uh, in, but I was so blessed to stick my hand in this goo on her leg uh, to pray for her. And it happened time and time again. These guys would come up and they'd want prayer and then they'd want a selfie and I'd give them my phone, take a selfie. But you can see in these faces uh, that they would come up. And this, I, I probably could have taken two or 300 pictures of, of all of these that were, that were kind of, oh, okay, that one jumped ahead. I had to throw a fun one in here. So one of the um, district administrators on the last day took me to the Indian Ocean and then he said, let's get lunch. And this little guy kept jumping on our table and licking our ketchup. <laughs> so we're used to sparrows at McDonald's. Um, I think we, we've got, do you have the videos? All right, so show the, um, okay. So that one, when I walked through, oh. So we landed India, and we're leaving the airport, and we come down one of the main streets, and I see sheep, and then I see more sheep, and the sheep keep coming, and we're going about a mile, and there's sheep on both sides of the street, and it's a celebration the Muslims celebrate at the end of the week, and it's almost like when we read in the Bible of Jesus at the temple, the Muslims will come and they'll buy a sheep from there, and they'll take it on Friday and slaughter it, and the celebration they celebrate is Abraham's faith when he was going to sacrifice Isaac that God, they would say, Allah provided a ram in the thicket. And so every family would buy one of these sheep. So as we're everywhere we're driving, there's sheep. Everywhere, every street corner. And then on one of the pictures, show the one at, I had at the neighbor's house uh, that's on there. So we're at Conrad Francis's mom's house for dinner one night, and we're having dinner, and I keep hearing... And I see the, and I and I asked her. I said, "Do you have sheep in your backyard?" She says, "No, it's our neighbor across the street. They do the big feast Friday night." Well, they have four in the stairwell of the apartment complex. That's an apartment complex where you'd walk up the stairs to your room. So I walked over there, and the minute I walk in, kind of like the family's looking like, "What's this guy doing?" I said, "Do you mind if I take a picture uh, of your sheep?" So they would all have been slaughtered right there on Friday cooked, uh, and then even they would take food um, all around to everyone. The mosque, we saw mosques all around in India. When the prayer call would go, go out, even the shopkeepers would come running out. They'd get on their scooters, and they'd head off uh, to go and pray. So let me run down a few pic. Oh, let me back up to, there you go. Uh, this, I was speaking at Adonai Church in India, and uh, I did the two morning services, and we did an evening service. And I wanted to pull up the lady that I shared about the uh, gorilla. So I conclude my message. The pastor who is right here, I thought he looked like Kirk Henry, but Indian. I thought he looked like great church. 
um, he has this lady come up to give a testimony and then brings the husband up. Now, you, many of us have not been around demon-possessed people, which I didn't know these people were demon-possessed. The husband freaks out. Conrad's right behind him. The hun- husband goes nuts on the stage and starts flopping on the ground like a fish. This lady off to the side, she's in red, she starts swinging at the pastor. Fists are flying. I jumped on the stage and I moved the pulpit there and the guy's mic stand. And then they had ladies in the congregation. Well, she's throwing fists at him. And so I didn't know whether to, you know, you're there not wanting to get, I didn't know whether you jump up and get involved. And I mean, the stuff she was yelling out, but both of them, in fact, the pastor uh, in a minute got on the mic and said, if you're afraid, don't be afraid. But if you need to leave, we totally understand but they'll be set free in just a few minutes. And so I don't know if the next picture I had, I think the next picture uh, that's up there was the gentleman that had his hands up. And so I went and talked to him after service. And and he's telling me, I can't wait for tonight's service. And I'm thinking, dear Lord, I pray he's delivered, right? (laughs) Um, These things happen every week in their church. This lady said, after she saw this uh, gorilla demonic thing in her house, she went to the Hindus, she went to the Muslims, she went to, she was naming, she was trying to find answers. And that, that whole spirit world over there is so different than I think sometimes we imagine or see. Uh, so the next, oh, this is, so we have our um, coffee area and cafe, that's their outside service in an alley. And let me tell you, I had more young people come up and talk to me, 18, uh, 19-year-olds that just wanted to come up and and talk. And then in the evening service that Conrad started, we did a a night of prayer and healing. Um, Between the pastor and Conrad and I, we probably prayed for 200 people. And one of the ladies that shared, she shared about the rise of teen suicide in India. You have the picture of the mall? So... We go to the one mall just to kind of go see it. And in the mall, they have a net that covers uh, in the mall. So it has a net that's on the first floor. And so I had asked, can you see the net in the picture? They had so many kids jump from the top to the floor that they had to put in a net. And I had so many of those young people come up and they wanted prayer that night for direction in their life. Having a hard time finding a job. Uh, having issues with family because they're now Christian. I had a lady come talk to me that her husband forbids a Bible in the house because he's Muslim, they're Christian. Forbid, she says, we have to sneak our way around to get in church, but we came today. We wanted to be here. And then um, the next uh, one was we were outside the Foursquare uh, headquarters of India where we did the pastor's um, conference. And 25 pastors were not able to attend because of the floods in Kerala, India. The floodwaters were up 20 feet that even got up into the second-story rooms of homes. And so they weren't able to travel. But the pastors that could come, and they came from the north, uh, came down. You know, you feel like when you're, you're talking and teaching them like you're talking to sponges. They just wanted more, and they didn't want you to end. Uh, they wanted more and more and more. You know, I, I look back, next picture, I think is, oh, that's their worship team, because some of them couldn't make it, because they couldn't travel to the flood, and then 
That is uh, John Joseph. So he's the Foursquare National Leader of India, who we want to pray for. He's got a challenge, you know, it's a big land. That's my one translator who translated for me. And then some of, that's just a group of the pastors as we were taking uh, pictures at the end. There's a gentleman, Mimi, you'll know, on the far left at the top. He is the, one of the Foursquare missionaries uh, that's in, okay, this is a great story. So I'm sitting in the last session. I was done. A gentleman also that traveled with us is teaching. And I felt like I was supposed to give my Bible away. And I look in the data. My, my brother-in-law gave me my Bible in October of 2004. And so I just wrote in my Bible um, kind of all the places that my Bible had been. And that today I felt like I was supposed to just leave it in India. And so I walk, I, I go around, I was going to try to find a pastor. Most of them didn't speak any English. Well, I see this young lady, she's been serving all week long, helping coordinate with the pastors. And her name was, uh, I, I called her, her name was Pretty, but it's spelled P-R-E-E-T-I. And I said, do you have a Bible? And she had this little tiny Bible. Uh, and, you know, the little, and I said, can I give you my Bible? You would have thought I gave her a million dollars. And she took that Bible. In fact, Conrad didn't know I had given it away. And he says, hey, I think you left your Bible there because that girl was reading it. I said, no, I, I ended up giving it to her. Um, so just to have God's word. And so I said, take it. I've got things underlined. Now you underline it. You know, you fill it up and then you pass it on to somebody else. Um, this next picture is in, when we were in Dubai. The amount of mosques that I saw in Dubai it was shocking. And as I begin, even on the plane back, I was talking to a gentleman that uh, grew up a Muslim. I don't think he's even doing anything now. I was just trying to find out a little bit more because uh, in even the bathroom at the mall, in this next picture, there's prayer places in this mall, this huge mall, that you can go pray. There was a, there was a place on the plane, there and back, that's draped off that Muslims can go pray. And then in our hotel room, we had hotel room for about eight hours, it was a sign, and that sign directs them to pray towards Mecca. What stood out was the commitment that they have to pray, but they're praying empty prayers, right? They're, they're praying empty, but their religion to them is that they go on and on and on about that. You know, I, I left probably more impacted than maybe I feel sometimes as you go. I feel like I've been changed because I got out of the U.S. I will never complain about traffic ever again. <laughs> One of the nights we went four kilometers, 2.2 miles, in an hour and 15 minutes. And those scooters, they got little kids with no helmets on scooters. They got four people on scooters. They pack people in those little rickshaws and they cut you off. I usually tell my family this as we're walking across the street. I'll say, walk by me because they're not going to run me over because I'll ruin their car. These guys don't care. They probably saw me as a bigger target. Cows were crossing the street. Uh, but I felt so impacted by going to have my worldview changed that we are a blessed people. We are a blessed people. But to watch the commitment of those that are lost and deceived, and they're trying to do all the right things, but they're empty. 
They're just trying to religiously do it, but the things that we do impact us. It's a joy to worship the Lord. Uh, it's a joy that we seek the Lord in praying. And I, I would love if our malls had places of prayer. Uh, but I wanted just to share that a little bit today. That, you know, oh, and I, here's what hit me. Um, so the amount of miles, we flew 18,500 miles. That's like six times in the U.S. Just our one flight from Dubai to Colombo was almost five hours, which is almost the width of the U.S., when you get on that side of the world, you really understand how small this nation is and the amount of people that are over there and the amount that it's growing and that you say, God, thank you for that opportunity to see because I see pictures, but there's nothing like looking in a face. There's nothing like looking in eyes. And I, and I don't have all the stats, but I know uh, in Sri Lanka... Um, the amount of people that were saved, the amount of people that were healed as they were giving testimony. And we just thank the Lord uh, for that partnership to do that. And I thank you for allowing me, me even to be gone. But I only got Michelle, so you don't miss, miss me. But what an impact. So let me throw this out to you as we close. Uh, Pastor Conrad already had this scheduled on October 6th at the Living Way Church uh, in Bellflower. There's going to be a, a, a mission seminar with several of the people that are involved in Foursquare Missions on facts and insight if you're planning on going because, boy, uh, there's a few things that I wish I would have known uh, just prior to going because this was like a missions trip. Like I didn't put up the pictures of the room I was first in just out of respect for the place that we stayed. I had a gecko as a roommate at night. My closet was a green, filthy chair. You know, it's just, it was a mission strip. I breathed fire from their food, but ate with them, you know, with joy. But I want to encourage you October 6th if you're interested. And I come back not having any plans, but I know that God doesn't just send you there just to go there one time. But here's what I found out was interesting with India is I'm not sure if I could get back in. It's that strict uh, as, you, as you go. But God wants to do things, I believe, through us to the nations because we can be a blessing, but we can also have our thinking changed because God has blessed us to be a blessing. Well, bow your heads, if you would, with me today. Lord, we pray over all of us. Many times we look at our situations and we wish it would be changed. But Lord, when we go to the nations, we say we're a blessed people. We thank you for the blessing of the Lord on every single one of us. Lord, we pray um, that every seed sown in those nations, every hand laid upon somebody, Lord, that you're continuing to do the blessing upon them. And Lord, through those churches and through those ministries out there and through those children, Lord, that you're protecting them, leading and guiding, and we expect to hear great things of what you're doing through them and their churches, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. I wanted to pull this out at the end. They presented me before I throw it in my office. I was honored to get a plaque that thanked me for coming to, to Sri Lanka, so that was a blessing. So, anyways, I wanted to share with you just a, a bit and uh, because even as I go, you went. You may not have saw the faces, but, but you were there as well too. Well, stand with me. We're going to close.
and we'll close with a song of worship.